What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. All right, Joey, I want to take you back before you were the Italian stallion. You were just maybe like the Italian colt. <laughs> hey. G- give me a little... <laughs> Give me a little bittersweet story because today's podcast is a story I think people are going to be excited about, like give them ideas of how to create something. But at the same time, for me, it was also, it, it was a little bit bittersweet because I, I was also losing something at the same time, something I really loved or, or postponing for another time. So yeah, I, I'd love to hear kind of go back into the stallion uh, back, back in the old days, back in the uh, stable days. Well, th- you want to know the beginnings of the Italian style? Exactly. Like this is literally where it all began. Oh. So I remember always want, wanting a 65 to 67 Mustang. Okay. Like that was my dream car. I talked to my dad about it. He, he was a motorhead, grew up with um, all the GTOs, and he would work on them himself. He's, he's just really gifted with all that kind of stuff. But I love the Mustangs. And on my 17th birthday... I'm at a birthday party and at, we're at somebody else's house, I believe. And all of a sudden we get done with the cake, whatever. We go out on the front steps of this guy's house and up drives this 66 Mustang. I'm talking like I'm, I'm floored. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then I look and my dad is driving the Mustang up. Uh-oh. There's no big bow on it or anything, but right. I'm like, why is my dad in a Mustang? So what's going through your head? I'm like, surely, surely that's not for me. Surely he did not buy me my dream car. Well, because a little bit about your dad, like you're, it's not that you guys had tons of money. Like they work for the Salvation no, Army. No, they, yeah, they work for a nonprofit. Like this is not, there's not a bunch of money left over at the end of the month. So I'm like, I know he didn't pull this off. Like where would he have gotten that? Yeah. Kind of thing? And then he pops out of the thing. He says, what do you think? Will it work? Is it is it good enough for you? And I'm like, for me? Wait a minute. That's for me? And I'm just like, holy cow, this is my this is my dream car. And I walk up to him and I'm like, Dad, thank you so much. And he says, Don't worry, I used your money. <laughs> no, I didn't. I used your money. I'm I'm a whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. Rewind. What? Yeah, I just used your money. I, I hope you like it. And I'm like, the money I've been saving for like years on summers and weekends and all these things. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought you would want it. And I'm like, thanks. Okay. Thank you. Now, granted, this thing needed a lot of work. Yeah. And me and my dad went to work on it. We had great time. I mean, hours spent together. I I wouldn't trade that for the world, but at that moment (laughs) it was bittersweet. It was like, I got my dream car and it's not a gift. It, is just, it was literally <laughs> my money. <laughs> so wow. th- there you go. 
Well, I, but that I, that was the Italian stallion. I had to have the personalized tag made. I was about to say and all like, that. So that's where this came from. Originated? That's it. That's it, man. You got like a, a airbrush tag for the front of that baby. It was it was not airbrushed, but it was close. Oh yeah, yeah. What what is close to? I mean it 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 was just it was like a black tag with silver writing on it, but it wasn't airbrushed. Uh, kind of, but like in like that calligraphy. Yeah, Italian like stallion <laughs> with the Mustang symbol in the middle. Oh my goodness! Well, I I hope you enjoyed Joey's story <laughs> of how he became the Italian stallion. And I hope you enjoy this story. If you've ever wondered, like, are there alternatives to putting money in a 401k and you wanted to be able to spend time with your family, I hope today's story on how you can create a 401 lake house and the benefits of doing that will inspire you to think differently about your money. Let's jump in to this story about the 401 lake house. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Russ, I cannot believe you sold your lake house. You didn't get enough trips down there, did you? I'm telling I mean, what is my family going to do this summer? <laughs> Maybe you need to buy that beach house you've been telling me you've been looking for so I can come visit you. You know, I'm I'm a slow roller on that deal. I'm, well, I'm working on it though. Well, I do think that it was a, a beautiful place. It was something my family loved for two straight summers. And had we um not found a lot that we couldn't pass up, that we're getting ready to start building on, that we are going to miss this summer. I hate that. But, man, I, I just feel like it. God put us in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, this, this story I want us to share today, please do not hear me, like, quote, unquote, bragging on any of these numbers. These numbers are just relevant to my situation, probably much smaller than yours. Uh, if they happen to be large in yours, man, I hope this serves as inspiration. If Russ, the redneck, can can make this happen. A guy went to public school, you know, son of a school teacher and a general contractor. If I could get to this position, surely you can. Well, I think at the end of the day, Russ, we, this is just an update. It's a recap, if you will, of what we've all, we've been talking about before. There's a difference between a 401k and, in this case, a 401 lake house. Mm. And, and we, we talked about some of those benefits. Just kind of let's recap that. What are the things that you experience by owning a lake house instead of putting that money in a 401k? Well, we did do an interview on this. And we kind of we were talking about my father-in-law's lake house, which was the inspiration to what we did. My father-in-law had a lake house from 2001-ish to 2015. It was a wonderful thing. A lot of my kids uh, grew up um, using that, but they sold it. And we wanted to have some of those same benefits. And a lot of times we're, we're, we're thinking of second homes purely as an expense, purely as a luxury that, man, there's no way I could ever have this. And also, I'm going to put the disclaimer in here. Don't hear me saying this is justification to go buy a lake house. But we, we do have a comparison. And, you know, we're, we're putting money away in some form or fashion. And in this example... We were putting about four thousand dollars a month toward 
this this lake house. This was the monthly payment. So for some of you, you have a SEP IRA and you're putting fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year into those. And so I want to kind of use this as a comparison to your solo 401k, your solo SEP. Because I could have did the same thing. I could have put this four thousand a month that I, I used to pay the mortgage on this lake house, I could have put it instead in a 401k. And you Joe, you want to like go through the comparison there? Like what are some of those things? Yes, but before I I do want to just position this kind of well. At the end of the day, at Wealth of Wall Street, we're teaching people to start with clarity, mm-hmm. right? And for you, I just know from knowing you, from being around your family, like the lake is that special place that has brought you guys memories over the years. It has been a place for you to kind of be present with the family. Like it, it forces you to spend time together and I mean, all those things that you've shared with me, I, I feel like share that before we get into the numbers. Cause I think that's, that helps people know why you would choose this over, you know, just in any investment vehicle. Well, I would say as an entrepreneur, I, I struggle with being still, you know, one of my, my favorite Bible verses is in Psalms when it says, be still and know that I'm God. And I struggle with that, Joey. Like I literally struggle being still and being present with my family because my brain thinks about creation. It thinks about doing something else. Yeah. And one of the things that really appealed to me about the lake is I, I love being the boat driver. I love being the one that was hauling kids around, trying to flip them off or flipping adults off. And I don't mean with fingers. I mean, all floats. Okay. Pontoon captain. <laughs> And, and I would be present. I had no interest of getting on my phone, not to mention the beauty of the lake was the internet was pretty bad down there and, and it wasn't yes. a lot of cell signals. And that was awesome. And and me and my family were together and present. And I, I think that was so much valuable because I could have put my money in a lot of places, but that means I wouldn't have been doing those things. I would have been still not being present. My mind would still be active. And for our family, it was a beautiful thing. Now, I didn't, I didn't realize of some of the return we're going to talk about today, some of the opportunities that came. But let, let me set this up for you. So we, we found a piece of property uh, with a, a beautiful house on it. And they always say you make money in real estate when, Joey? On the buy. When you buy. Yep. And, and we found an opportunity, unfortunately, for the couple. They were going through a divorce. And we we saw that the price was had been much higher when they first listed it. And, and we came in because we were not anxious, because we didn't have to buy it. It was a want-to purchase, not a have-to purchase. We were able to buy it, I felt like, really significantly undervalued. And we bought it, Joey. And this is a pretty big number for me. I hate to share these numbers, but I want us to share numbers on so that way you can put context to it. We bought the property for 900000 Okay. And to be honest... Just, I'll just give my take on it. When you shared this with me, I thought you were buying at the tip top of the market. I mean, you felt like that too at some point. I really did. I, I felt like it was high, but I've got a 15-year-old. And at the time, I guess she was 14 when we were buying it. And I, I just knew I only had four more years, right? Mm-hmm. And my thought was, this is going to be something we're going to hold for a long time. We're going to be using for a long time. And yeah, it may come down, but at some point it's going to come back up. I wasn't thinking about selling it when we bought it. I, if you would have told me I was going to sell this thing 14 months after and be buying a lot and building a house, I told you crazy. Yeah. If you guys have heard any of the stories I went through with building a house before, 
but man, it, it, I definitely thought I was buying at the high, but who, who knew what COVID was going to do to the real estate market? Oh, totally unintended consequences there. So, so let's break down what happened over 14 months uh, when you then look to sell. Well, he, here's the thing that we, we talk about financial freedom is access to money and enjoying it when? Now. Now, not, right? Not deferring life. Not deferring life. And when people think about their typical 401k, when can they get access to money, Joey? Much later, 59 and a half. When they're 59 and a half. For me, that's about 17 years from when I bought this property. I, I wasn't willing or, or interested to wait 17 years to enjoy my family. Especially, like you just pointed out, you had four more years with your oldest, and that was one of those things. She's not going to be interested that in that whenever she's in her 30s. Yeah, well, right? she might want to come back, but I can tell you between 18 and 30, she's not going to want to do a lot of the stuff we exactly. were doing together. And I, I know that waiting till 59 and a half to enjoy my life was not an investment I was interested in. So when you want to compare access, right, for for trying to do this analogy of investing in a 401k as opposed to a 401 lake house that we've just made up that term. I, I had I had literally keys. I had keys, man. I got to go down there and I opened the door and I experienced it immediately. Yeah, I would say that's a little different than just getting a statement in the mail. Well, what you're and not having access to it. Well, what you when you say a statement, that to me is when people think of their 401k, they want to like create memories, right? We want to compare what are the memories that someone has with the 401k. They have a statement, bro. And and there's some there's some quarters when they get their 401k statement and they're excited to open it. I, I remember when I first got into financial industry and I was in it was 2004 and I was meeting with one of my mom's uh, friends, and she. She, we were talking about finances, and she said, well, I have a drawer. And I was like, what do you mean you have a drawer? She goes, well, the drawer is where I get my statements, and I put them in it. And I go, oh, okay. Uh, you mean that, that's like you open up the mail and you just put the stuff in there? She goes, no, I put the whole thing in there. Like without opening. She goes, I don't want to open it. it. It creates bad emotions a lot of times when I look at the statements. Like but, anxiety. Well, when she looks at how much she put in as, as opposed to how much has been lost. Mm. Now, there are situations where you can look and you see how much has been gained. But, dude, I, I, if you went to my Facebook page, you went to my Instagram feed, you would see picture after picture after picture of us spending time not only with our family but with your family and other families down there. So when I compare memories, I say, you got statements with the 401K. I got pictures. I, I got life experience. That's a major, major difference. And that, that's the thing I want to point out as we're breaking this down. We're going to talk about numbers, but that's the sort of thing that doesn't show up on a statement somewhere. Or there's no numbers to, to validate what that feels like, right, to have those memories. Well, well, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot of times is taxes, right, and yep. the efficiency behind stuff. And with 401Ks, right, the only way that I can access my 401K is I must pay the ordinary income tax in my tax bracket when I access it. Now, if I access it prior to being 59 and a half, what happens? You get a penalty. I got a penalty. I slapped my hand. Can you imagine if I said I was going to go down to my lake house and they're going to smack me at 10% every time I went down there? You wouldn't go that often. I wouldn't. So instead of paying 37% in taxes on this property, when I when I sold it, what, what rate did I pay, Joey? 20%. Why was it 20%? Capital gains. It was capital gains as opposed to ordinary income. 
So in that alone, I can I can have a, a smaller return and still come out the same, right? Yep. Are you looking for ways to implement ideas, get exposure to new ones, and be surrounded by people on the same journey as you? Joey, where can they go to do that? Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash community. You can join for free today. Now, another part of taxes is really interesting. We've had um, our tax strategy group on this uh, podcast before, and they've talked about a, a little known thing called a dwelling unit rental. That's right. What is a dwelling unit rental, Joey? Well, I got to experience this personally. <laughs> when you would invite my family down, we got to write that off as a business expense where you um, rented your house for a business meeting. And you were we, we were able to pay $3,000 every day that um that you had us down there and you got you didn't have to count that as income your business paid you personally for the use of that house and, and there's a little code within the irs that you can talk to your accountant about talk to your tax attorney that you do need to do some certain things don't just say you can just do this russ i heard russ say this on the podcast <laughs> yeah that's not why we, we're following our our, our our tax professionals and legal professionals advice here on exactly how to do this but we had a business meeting we we had our office down to the lake house. We could have went to someone else's houses and rented it. Or like a hotel or something like that. And, and yeah. used the same function and paid the fee for, for using it. But we were able to do that. And as a comparison to other meeting facilities, we were, as you said, we were able for every day that we did that over that 14 months, um, we were able to actually use it 10 times. 10 times because we had our business down, several different businesses down there at different yep. times. And, and we truly were having business meetings. It wasn't yeah, like wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, this wasn't made up. Yeah. And, but we did that 10 times over 14 months. That's 30 grand my business took out of its um, coffers and paid me personally. And because it was less than the number of you, you can have up to 14 uh, rental days uh, per, year. per year, I was able to not have to pick that up as income and my business got to expense it. Joey, that's the equivalent of an extra 11 grand. I'd say that, uh, that's pretty awesome. Or the equivalent of me having to make 50 grand in order to have the 30 in my pocket. Mm. All right. So now you're transitioning a little bit into returns. Yeah. Okay. So let's compare that really quickly. You had a 401k. Uh, if you had done the same investment over the course of 2019 to 2020, that you, you bought this around July 2019. Yep. Sold the house in September of 2020. Yeah. We just looked at the Dow. And what was the growth on on the Dow over that time frame? So the Dow, which is the top 30 stocks out there, right? We just went and looked from July to September, was up 2.34%. Man, I sure hope you could do a little bit better than that in your in your lake house. Well, here, here's the thing is that the 2.34, I'd had to pay what tax rate on it if it was in the 401k? 37%. So 37%. So I'm going to pull out my calculator here. So if I would have earned 2.34, paid the 37% on it, I would have gotten to keep 1.4% total. Man. <laughs> now, it, that's not what happened, Joey. No, no. Now, we need, to, we need to break this down. What happened in this thing is that I told you I paid $900,000 for it. That's right? right. And I got a mortgage for 85% of that. Yeah, so you had to come up with 15% down. I did. And which is about 135000 And which we're going to come back to where did I get that that, that 15% in just a yep, second. Cliffing, cliffing. Yep. So I, I had to do that. I, I did get to write off some of those payments as we were talking about. The, the 30 grand I got to pay myself. That was the 10 times at three grand. 
But also, Joey, did you know that mortgage interest is deductible? I sure did. And so I, I got to send that off, and Uncle Sam helped me uh, pay the, pay some of that so I didn't have to foot the whole bill. But when we decided, man, this house wasn't perfect for us, and what I mean it wasn't perfect, it was on a, a little bit steeper of a hill that my, my, my parents and my wife's parents were just starting to struggle with going up and down the hill. Yeah. And I thought, man, I, I don't want this. Like the whole point of this is to be able to, to you know, be hospitable, have more people over, and I don't want that to be a burden. We found a, a flatter lot. Well, we found uh, that we were going to sell this house. We put it on the market, Joey, on Thursday for $1.1 million. Um, by Saturday, we had three offers. This is 14 months later. 14 months later. Okay. Technically, we put it on the market 13 months later. It took us you know, a month to close it. But uh, <laughs> we, put it, we put it on the market on Thursday for $1.1. Remember I, I, what I paid for it? 900 Yep. I, I thought that was crazy. I thought, man, this is never going to happen. We had three offers, one of which was $1.1 million for cash. Wow. Now, after after going through some stuff, there was some negotiation on the back end that we ended up um, selling it, not for $1.1, but for uh, $1.07. Mm. It, was, it was a hard decision, but we made it. Yeah. Now, Joey, I, I want to like look at this financial calculator we have because return, we just showed a return of the Dow that was over that same 14 months was 2.34%. That's right. So if you put in the calculator that I took a nine hundred, uh, took a loan, bought a property for 900000 sold it for 1.07, 14 months later, I had a mortgage for 765000 So you have to calculate those payments into our calculation here. And I had to pay property... Uh, you know, I had to pay the taxes on the deal. When I sold it, I had to pay um, realtor fees. Net, what was my my gross return there? Uh, it was just a hair above what the Dow returned, 39.8%. 31. When you count in all the payments and all that stuff, I end up with 39%. Yeah, just, just a hair under or, or hair over what the Dow returned. Now, I had all of those experiences. I got to use this place. By the way, this was during quarantine, so we were down there a lot, all day, every day, right? Yeah, for like a couple months, y'all were down. Yeah, there. and you Straight. think about the the amount of trips that some people went on in that fourteen months and what they paid for it, as opposed to this was our trips. But that's not that's not the full story, right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't have to put that hundred. And thirty five thousand dollars out of my pocket now. Where did I get the hundred thirty five thousand? Well, hopefully you got it from your policy. You borrowed against your policy. Yeah, we talk all the time about infinite banking. We talk about saving money into insurance policies for the purpose of financing our life. Why in the world would I would not want to finance that fifteen percent instead of put my money in there? Why do I want my money in the deal? Well, let I mean, there's lots of different reasons, but let's actually look at what it did to your returns. Okay, so when I took a loan from the insurance company at 5% on 135K, that yeah. meant I really didn't have hardly any money. I mean, all, all you had was an interest expense on that money. Yeah. So clarify that. You you didn't take 135000 out of your policy. No. You borrowed it from the insurance company. I paid interest a, on it. Yeah, you paid interest only. Yeah. At 5%, I mean, yeah. probably wasn't even that much, but 5% interest over 14 months. And we, when we calculate that into this deal, your actual return 
was over 174% (laughs) in 14 months. If you really break this down, I had about $7,800 in interest to the insurance company, right? I had another maybe 15,000 when you add up mortgage payments minus the interest deduction. Um, as far as just out of your yeah, pocket. Expense. Yeah. yeah. And, and then taking off what I got from being able to not have to pay taxes for my business. So, so I had about 22 grand total in the whole deal over 14 months to net a hundred and $27,000. I say that's a good deal. <laughs> that's a hell of a how, deal. How many more of those can we do? It, it, this is just a, such a dumb thing, but when we well, talk, hold on, hold on the bonus. We got to talk about the bonus really quickly before we end. Okay. You happen to buy a boat in this transaction, didn't you? Well, you know, when somebody's selling their lake house, a lot of times they don't need a boat anymore. And so I, I made it, made a heck of a deal on a, on a boat. I, I bought a pontoon boat for 30 grand from the guy. And, um, I used it for two straight summers. I mean, boy, I used it. You it, used it. It, it had sure. 80 hours on it, Joey, when we bought it. And when we, we, we were selling the lake house, I had 200 and almost 20 hours on, just tell you, like, yeah, I was moving that boat around <laughs> the water. And right now I have it uh, for sale for 44,000. I've already had two offers on it. We're working through them right now. All right. We're not even going to put that in the returns <laughs> because that's just a bonus. That's just the the cherry on top. But at the end of the day, Russ, this is all about bringing it back to this comparison of 401ks versus this 401 Lake House. You had access the whole time. You got to use it. You got to build memories. You got all these tax benefits. We can't even, I mean, we've we've broken down a few of them. And your returns were just through the roof. Not to mention, now it's positioning you to, to build a dream Lake House that will be for potentially generations to go. I mean, this there's. I, I, do I even have to bring up the four hundred one k again? No. I, and by the way, again, this is not typical returns. But what this is is an opportunity to show you that you can build wealth without Wall Street. And I, I'm glad we got a chance to update this. And I, I don't know if I'm going to be giving you another four hundred one k Lake House sold story but we'll definitely have plenty more of access and memory stories from that. So I hope this was helpful to you just to expand your brain, to help you start thinking of ways that you might be able to build wealth without Wall Street. Thank you as always for listening. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.